Welcome to Digital Therapeutics edition of Digital Health Today, and I'm your host, Eugene Borohovich. In the previous episode, I spoke with Brian Harris, CEO and co-founder of MedRhythms. We spoke about the evolution of the company and how music as medicine is now a reality with the next generation of neurotherapeutics the team is building. My guest today is Grady Hanna, CEO and co-founder of Nightwear. When I first heard of Nightwear, it just seemed too good to be true. This company is helping people with frequent traumatic nightmares to enjoy improved sleep quality and get more restful sleep. But before we dive in, Grady and I have been connected on LinkedIn for a while. Yeah, but who is not these days? And when I decided to do season two of this podcast, Grady was one of the first people I reached out to. We first finally met over video the day of the recording. Grady is super thoughtful, and for those who will look him up, will realize that he goes to the same barber as I do. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Grady Hanna. Grady, welcome to the DTX podcast. And uh, for our listeners, would love to get to know you a little bit. So why don't you tell us who you are, a little bit of your background, and one key thing is a small, interesting fact about yourself. Sure. My name is Grady Hanna. I'm CEO of Nightwear. Nightwear is a digital therapeutic that treats nightmare disorder, which is a key symptom of PTSD. I got involved with Nightwear back in 2015 when I learned about it through local newspaper. A young man had invented Nightwear to help his father who had returned from Iraq with PTSD and nightmare disorder. Previously, I had spent 15 years in Silicon Valley working in software commercialization strategy, first in the Linux and open source space, and then in the manufacturing industries simulation and visualization, and then in the video game and entertainment software industry for 12 years. And so there I was working with startup companies. Many of the time they were game developers themselves, and they had developed a set of tools that they wanted to be able to market to other developers. It's a very distinctive market in that everyone in the market is a creator of technology. They may use some technology here and there, but they're creators themselves. And so it's a highly technical highly relationship-oriented business. And after 12 years in that business, there were key principles in developing these real-time environments where hundreds of thousands, millions of people can interact in real time. And I saw other industries that could benefit from that. And so I was consulting at the time that I learned of Nightware, and I helped to stand up a business in the GIS space focused on utilizing aerial imagery for GIS measurement and certain outcomes there. And one of those businesses we were able to sell. And I built a great relationship with a technical leader there who spent time with Nightwear. But again, I'm very focused on finding great inventors and people that have come up with something valuable and helping them understand how to take that to market and build a business around it. And so in the case of Nightwear, I was working with Tyler Sklazacic, who in a few days here, is going to be defending his PhD at the University of Chicago in computer science. And we worked together for a period of time, and then he wanted me to buy him out so he could focus on his studies. And so Tyler's a shareholder in Nightwear. He's still a friend of the company. We keep in contact regularly. And we've taken Nightwear. He's so proud of what we've been able to do as we continue to build more clinical and data credibility for Nightwear within the prescriber community and continue to advance the business and advance the treatment of helping people with PTSD and nightmares. Amazing. And while the whole set of that is an interesting fact by itself, as far as you're helping 
let's call them inventors, commercialize things. Let's not forget, unless you have another interesting fact about yourself for our listeners. I sang in a band when I lived in San Francisco. We did uh, 23 shows, mostly original music. And music is a big passion of mine. I love Ultimate Frisbee. I grew up playing football, hockey, and baseball. And then once I discovered Ultimate Frisbee early in college, it became a passion of mine for 15 years. And just from a historical perspective, I'm extremely excited about the opportunity to utilize software to help people improve their mental health as well as their overall well-being. I believe it is a historic opportunity and we're really just scratching the surface of it. Let's get, as you mentioned, you know, Nightboard has been around 2015. Tyler, I believe you said kind of the inventor around it. Maybe, you know, take us through a little bit of that journey from that 2015, at what point you came in. And a couple of things that noticed in there is that there was no fundraise until sometime, I believe, in 2021. So last year, there was a small raise and then a grant. So take us through the company history, right? It's fascinating to hear some inventors inventing things and then somebody like yourself coming in to help commercialize that. Early on, we were doing market and clinical research, really understanding how to position nightwear, how to move it forward, whether to go the evidence-based reimbursed route or the regulatory route. And you were involved from the beginning or when did you come in from the 2015? So Nightwear was invented in September 2015 and January 2016 is when Tyler and I partnered. And so it was really a year of kind of figuring out the shape of how we move forward, how we develop the invention to bring it to market. And then it was really January 2017 when I took on Nightwear as a primary focus and started to drive the business forward. And in that process, we made the decision to go the evidence-based regulatory route in May 2017. And then that regulatory framework really took shape in September 2017 with the approval of Reset and Reset O from Pair. And another key point there was the involvement of Dan Carlin. So Dan had just left Pfizer and he had been a global clinical lead on a drug seeking a PTSD indication. And this was August 2018. And our clinical development really took off from there. We developed a virtual trial framework. We completed our protocols and were able to move forward first our pilot studies and then our randomized clinical trial at the Minneapolis VA and uh, you know, really drive that clinical development. And maybe before we get into that, a little more details about clinical development, the roadmap, the evidence, because I think as the listeners starting to get the sense of here with this season, we are really getting more focus on evidence and then the routes to commercialization. But before we get deeper into that, since the product is being used, would love for you to walk us through what is that experience for the patient slash consumer on your product? Right. So... Nightwear is a digital therapeutic that utilizes the Apple Watch and the iPhone. And we lock down the devices utilizing mobile device management to run only Nightwear. Nightwear is detecting and intervening when the sympathetic activation from the nightmare occurs and is detected. And so Nightwear utilizes the heart rate monitor, the gyroscope, and the accelerometer on the watch, uploads that data to an AI backend, profiles a person's sleep. At that point, the platform detects anomalies consistent with the nightmare and intervenes by buzzing the watch, vibrotactile feedback, 
at increasing duration to arouse the sleeper from the nightmare without waking them. And so for a patient, nightwear is prescription only. It'll never be in the app store. We supply nightwear as a durable medical equipment. It's a closed system running only nightwear, and its intended use is to sit by a person's bedstand during their waking hours, and then they put it on just before bed. They select nightwear, hit start. They sleep through the night. In the morning, they hit stop. Nightwear is extremely low interaction. It's very easy to comply with nightwear. And when nightwear is working perfectly, from a patient's perspective, what we'll hear is, I'm sleeping better, but I can't say for certain that nightwear is the reason because we never wake them up. How can you possibly know if something is intervening when you're sleeping? And so we provide them a histogram of data to let them know, here's the interventions that's happened. Here's the duration of your sleep. And then we supply more detailed sleep data through our console for prescribers. And so utilizing interface and user interaction principles from the video game industry, my goal has always been to keep nightwear as simple as possible because the types of folks that would be using nightwear can be under duress, can be dealing with symptoms of PTSD and other issues in their life. They may have neuropathy. They may have motor function issues. And so we want to make nightwear as simple to utilize, as easy to use, and as low interaction as possible. Well, that sound means it's time for a question from my clinical and commercial partner on this podcast, Chandana Fitzgerald, who is the Chief Medical Officer and General Manager of Health Excel, and as her friends call her, Dr. No Crack. Let's see what question Chandana has for our guest today. Hi, Grady. What is your take on using MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD versus your nightwear digital therapeutic? Or would you recommend that they be taken together? Thank you, Chandana. Nightwear, we believe, can be complementary to many different treatments. And sleep disturbance is one of the more treatment-resistant symptoms of PTSD. And so when we think of nightwear, we absolutely think of it as a complement to other revolutionary treatments such as MDMA, ketamine, psilocybin. And that's all to be determined. These are, for the most part, clinical stage companies. But what you've seen is you've seen a lot of the traditional pharma companies getting out of psychiatrics. And that void is being filled by psychedelics. And I believe that psychedelics and digital therapeutics have much more in common than what the market and the community has recognized thus far. Because if somebody is committed to psychedelics or they're committed to digital therapeutics for mental health care, what they're really saying is we need new paradigms for treating mental health. And so we have strategic discussions across the board looking at opportunities for nightwear to be complementary, not only for our indicated use, but are there opportunities for nightwear to supply additional benefit to pharma and psychedelics companies monitoring post-treatment behavior versus pre-treatment behavior, the possibilities are really endless. And so as a startup, and I think this is the case for most digital therapeutic startups, by their nature, they have to focus narrowly on their indication and on driving market acceptance of their treatment. But when you look at groups like Click, they've really broadened the scope of what's possible. When you look at MindMed, with their acquisition of health mode, that is an evidence of the potential opportunity for psychedelics and digital therapeutics to work in concert with each other. 
Yeah, and I'm going to hop in here. You said the word new paradigms. And to your point, these new modalities or new treatments and therapies require additional evidence to be generated. So let's go jump back into your evidence journey, right? So we kind of left off in this episode in September 2017, but you got in 2019 breakthrough status from FDA, 2020 a de novo. Can you talk through kind of back up to the 2017 and the journey through the de novo and where you are now with your studies and the process you went through? Of course. So through 2017, we were working with doctors in the region with relatively light research experience. And in attending the Digital Therapeutics Conference West, that was when we met Dan Carlin, and that was early in 2018. And he was still at Pfizer at the time. And he's just an extremely impressive person. He's a psychiatrist who's also got his master's in bioinformatics and is just extremely knowledgeable and passionate about moving the conversation around mental health forward. And he's still a practicing psychiatrist. And Dan really helped us to shape our clinical development strategy. And it really took off from there. So that was August 2018, and things accelerated by 10x with Dan joining us on a fractional basis. And so we were absolutely committed to evidence, building an evidence base, getting FDA clearance, and pursuing reimbursement. And Dan was the linchpin of that strategy. And so in pursuing site partners, we chose the Minneapolis VA due to their proximity They've got a lot of excellent research in the mental health and TBI, traumatic brain injury space in their history. And so we were able to find a principal investigator and begin that process in late 2018 with submission to the IRB for our open label single arm trial as a pilot and followed on with our randomized clinical trial. Nightmare disorder is an independent risk factor for suicide, and that compelled us to seek breakthrough status which is not an endorsement of the company or product seeking the status. What it is, is it's a statement that there is no approved treatment for the condition and the condition is debilitating or life-threatening. And so we were able to make that case, receive breakthrough status. And that proved to be very valuable for Nightwear because as we continued, our, the end for our randomized clinical trial is 240. And we were able to complete the first 70 people through the trial at the Minneapolis VA before COVID shut down all clinical trials in the U.S. And so at that point, we were faced with the decision whether to submit for clearance or hold PAT until we could continue the clinical trial. And we chose to submit because of the pretext of the breakthrough status. As long as your data is indicating efficacy and your low risk, which the FDA in a different pre-submission had recognized nightwear as very low risk, that you can receive FDA clearance. And there's a commitment to providing senior reviewers and providing timely feedback. And we were just amazed at the responsiveness and the constructive relationship that we developed with our FDA reviewers. It was a fantastic experience. And I think part of that is just the commitment to the people involved. And I also do believe that breakthrough status benefited us in that way. So with the de novo submission, 
approximately 50% of the submissions are reviewed and adjudicated on within the six-month period provided. Nightwear's final decision was provided exactly six months after our submission. So we were very happy and grateful for that process. And our lead reviewer, Patrick Antikowiak, was fantastic. It was very rare that when we emailed Patrick or another member of the review team that we didn't receive a comprehensive answer from them within 48 hours, usually within a day. I mean, it's great feedback for our listeners to hear. And I think sometimes we forget the people at FDA are human beings as well. So it's amazing to hear the feedback. Well, and it was an interesting time for us because we didn't know with COVID how our submission would be affected. But one theory we had is that FDA wasn't going to be doing on-site visits, that they were going to be virtual, and it could potentially give Nightwear more mindshare. And whatever contributed to that, we just had an amazing experience. And I do believe that having breakthrough status helped us in that matter. Excellent. Thank you for taking us through that process. And I know that was many years in the making, kind of summarized in a few minutes of our time here. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with Grady Hanna, CEO and co-founder of Nightwear. Let's jump back. You kind of mentioned earlier on that as Dan Carlin came on, also part of that was starting to seek the reimbursements. And then you also talked through that you and Tyler early on were spent about a year to describing or figuring out if you're going to go prescription or non-prescription. So let's talk about your business hypothesis and actually a decision on going prescription route for this. And to the extent that you can, would love to hear any kind of pricing and the reimbursements that you've been able to work through. Well, ultimately, when you're making the decision as to whether it be a consumer product or a reimbursed product, there really is a big departure point. And ultimately, what we decided was that PTSD was such a severe condition with so many secondary effects and the risk involved in potentially providing something that didn't work as advertised, that there were a lot of advantages to having FDA clearance, which would make you eligible for reimbursement. And that is necessary, but not sufficient to building a successful company. Nightware is also fortunate in that nightmare disorder is a relative green space. So when you think about research and you think about publishing, Researchers are predisposed to choosing conditions that they can readily measure and provide objective measures around. The NIH, the National Institute of Health in the U.S., is very heavily geared toward providing objective evidence. And nightmares, by their nature, are ephemeral. It's very difficult to distinguish a nightmare from other dreams, for instance. And more so, the standard in sleep studies, the polysomnographic test, when somebody goes in for a PSG, a polysomnographic test, they don't sleep the same way that they sleep at home. And so when you go to the sleep conference, you'll find all kinds of esoteric sleep research because it can be readily measured and understood, whereas nightmare disorder is not on the agenda at the sleep conference this year because it's so difficult to research is one of the main reasons. Because Nightmare disorder is diagnosed 1.3 million times a year in the U.S. The CDC estimates that 50 to 80% of people with PTSD have nightmare disorder at some point in their condition. It is a prominent condition. 
But REM sleep behavior disorder, which can be readily understood with a polysomnographic test, there are six talks on RBD at the sleep conference. And Nightwear has a potential opportunity for label expansion into RBD, but it is a smaller patient base than nightmare disorder, but is much more heavily represented within that space. And so theories abound on the nature of nightmares. There's so many opinions on nightmares. They're not well understood at all that we thought that there was absolutely a need for research and an opportunity to create barriers to entry. Nightwear has granted patents, but you want to be in a position where you've established credibility, you've established trust and rapport with prescribers. So there's a million apps in the app store. We didn't want to go compete with the other 300 wellness apps in sleep and other things like that. And then you can never make a claim if you don't have evidence and FDA clearance. And so it really puts you in this bind where short term, it's maybe more efficacious. It can get you out of the gates more quickly, but long term, it can hinder you. That was our key decision that we made. And Nightware has been able to achieve reimbursement through TRICARE for active duty military. So for the 1.5 million active service members in the U.S. military, Nightware has reimbursement. I can't say the exact rate, but it's a robust reimbursement. It's a very different landscape than what you would find in the consumer market. Understood. And I was actually going to kind of go into a little bit of the TRICARE relationship. I'm assuming that as you did a lot of the clinical trials through the VA, can you talk a little bit more about the TRICARE relationship and how you're looking at this and scaling it? Well, the key decision that we made was to be durable medical equipment. And I think that this is a big departure point within the digital therapeutics market is Nightwear chose to be reimbursed as durable medical equipment. That's been a key decision for us to be able to get reimbursement. Our chief medical officer is the former chief of sleep medicine at Walter Reed Medical Center in Maryland, which is the premier treatment facility in the U.S. military. It's a joint base. So every branch of the military has a stake in Walter Reed. And active duty service members, the government is very proactive in making sure that they get what they need. And it's also a high pressure situation, especially as it relates to combat, that there was a high need. And when we talk about the patient population, the largest patient population for PTSD and nightmare disorder is not the military. It is not first responders. It's victims of sexual violence. However, the military and the veteran population, the source of their PTSD is common. And the understanding and the sophistication of the PTSD treatment is more robust. And so that was another key decision point for us. Nightware is also privileged to be working with General Peter Corelli. General Corelli is a retired four-star general who's the former vice chief of staff of the Army. And he is well-known for bringing mental health, suicide prevention, and traumatic brain injury issues to the forefront during his time as vice chief, where he led the mental health portfolio and suicide prevention for two years during the OEF and OIF wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And for instance, General Corelli made it a point to be briefed on every suicide that happened in the army 
while he was vice chief. So he brought these issues to the forefront. And after retiring from the military in 2012, he became the first CEO of OneMind, which is a nonprofit focused on raising money and awareness for traumatic brain injury research. And he led that organization for over five years. And so to be able to have somebody with that voice of credibility and understanding be able to work with us through these key areas, it just made sense. And so we're still pursuing reimbursement with the VA, but the posture and the support that the U.S. government provides active duty service members made Nightwear a good fit in terms of our first reimbursable market. Can you speak to the number of prescriptions that you've been reimbursed at, but also obviously one of the challenges that the PDTs or the prescription digital therapeutics typically have now is just the knowledge of the prescribers on the particular digital therapy and getting that into the doctors and prescribers' hands. So if you can cover that a little bit for our listeners. Absolutely. A key part of our strategy, as driven by Matt Tucker, who's our chief commercial officer, is prescriber education. One of my concerns as I attend prescription digital therapeutics conferences is when market access is discussed, so much of the discussion is around payers, and there isn't as much discussion around doctor activation and doctor education. And that is the cornerstone of Nightwear. Nightwear has conducted scientific advisory boards. We have a medical education program, and we have significant outreach to the military treatment facilities through Brian Robertson, our chief medical officer, as well as Dr. Richard Thomas, who's a retired two-star general in the Army and who is a former medical commander at multiple bases in the Army, as well as the former president of the Uniformed Services University, which is the military's medical school co-located at Walter Reed in Maryland. And so since Nightwear has had coverage in July 2021, our focus has exclusively been prescriber education, both in mental health, sleep, family practice, across the board. Only now is Nightwear conducting social media marketing to the military active duty population as prescribers have been adequately educated and we've got mindshare across major bases in the U.S., do we want to start marketing to those active duty service members to make them aware of Nightwear and give them some instruction as to how to learn more? And I'm going to push you one more time if you can disclose the number of prescriptions, because that's always fascinating as we looked at DIGA, for example, and that's obviously pretty transparent process there. Absolutely. Nightwear has been prescribed 200 times within the military at this point. Excellent. Thank you for that. And obviously, humans are in the center of this all as patients. We know now the role of the prescribers and the doctors somewhat selfishly with your coach actually just looked up earlier on our platform. We have over 200 coaches that self-certify at this point as sleep coaches. Where do you see human beings surrounding your DTX and I guess more specifically sleep coaches in this case? Let me back up just real briefly. Nightwear has been prescribed 200 times for active duty service members. And one of the key advantages to digital therapeutics is we're able to measure compliance. 
Nightwear has 75% compliance day to day for those prescribed. And so we're able to provide that information to prescribers to create an information loop so that they can keep engaged with their patients and better understand their sleep. So that's a huge advantage of being a digital therapeutic that I think is worth noting. In terms of our focus, sleep coaches are absolutely people that we want to engage at some point, but right now they might be tertiary for us because we need to focus on people authorized to prescribe within the military. And so our key focus, as I mentioned, is psychiatrists, psychologists, sleep doctors, family practitioners, and social workers, because those are people that are within that treatment paradigm of acute mental health, as well as general prescribing behavior. We're open to all kinds of conversations. You just never know where that awareness and understanding is going to come from. Absolutely. So obviously you're growing the adoption, you're educating the prescribers. Your first product is very much focused within kind of the PTSD and of course within the military. As a business, where do you go and grow from here? What's the future that you see for Nightwear? Well, our goal for the next several years is to continue to drive our message within the nightmare disorder space. Nightmare disorder is heavily underdiagnosed. It's not well understood. There's a real chasm between mental health and sleep. Sleep centers have become so heavily skewed towards respiratory, pulmonary, they aren't as well equipped in general to be able to handle parasomnias like nightmare disorder. And very few people in mental health are trained in sleep. Only 4% of people boarded in sleep medicine are psychiatrists. And so our key focus is on driving the message within nightmare disorder and providing the types of complementary treatment bundles like what you were describing. Nightwear additionally has an opportunity for market expansion in the Parkinson's and movement disorder space. REM sleep behavior disorder is a parasomnia that occurs as an indicator of Parkinson's, and 35% of people with Parkinson's and movement disorders have nightmare disorder. And so that would be our next indication and focus. In our intellectual property, in our internal discussions, product discussions, we see other indication opportunities. Our watchword is focus. And to focus deeply and really establish credibility and leadership in a couple of key areas is what we live and breathe. So treatment when you have a severe case of REM sleep behavior disorder is currently utilizing drugs that have very serious side effects. And so we see a great opportunity to provide people relief from their REM sleep behavior disorder without introducing side effects. It's a bit different focus because REM sleep behavior disorder is a neurological function rather than a psychiatric function. But in terms of being focused on sleep, dealing with something that has all kinds of secondary effects, we see a real opportunity to help people in that space. And let me just add that the satisfaction of being able to help these people that are dealing with these acute issues is so gratifying. My background is in, as I mentioned, software commercialization. I'm not a lifetime healthcare person or device person. And so I feel so privileged to be able to work with people in this space and help relieve them of this very invasive condition. Additionally, people dealing with Parkinson's to be able to give them relief from one of the key symptoms that they suffer from. We want to pursue that clinical data 
gain more understanding if we can help people in that Parkinson's space, because that is such a difficult condition that people face. Amazing. And thank you to you and the team for doing all that wonderful work to help. And as we started with you, your background and your interesting fact, we also want to end this episode with you. And I do have a feeling that I know your answer will be, but I could be potentially surprised. What makes you get up in the morning? Well, it's just as I described, it's the opportunity to help people with this invasive condition. I loved my time in the video game industry. It was very fun. But the satisfaction and the internal feeling that comes from something like Nightware, where in a matter of days, we're able to help people get their sleep back. Because again, when people are having these nightmares, they're inevitably waking up. And when they wake up, their amygdala has been triggered. So their cortisol levels are high. They cannot get back to sleep. And it's one thing to be sleep deprived for a week or a month. Many of these people have been dealing with this for years and they've tried all the other treatments that are available. So they're at the end of their rope. These people have tried all of the other options available to them that they believe are available. And so they're really in a desperate situation. And so to be able to come in with a treatment that treats a key issue they're dealing with that has all kinds of secondary issues, appetite suppression, heightened risk of heart disease, heightened risk of cancer, heightened risk of dementia, decreased motor function, decreased executive function, decreased cognition, decreased memory, irritability, hypervigilance, whatever other mental health conditions you're dealing with, they're all made worse when you're not getting your sleep and you're waking up in many cases to the worst trauma of your life. So you wake up with this dysphoria. We've all had a nightmare, right? The average person has about a nightmare a year. And even when you never did the thing that you had the nightmare about, you can feel shame, you can feel fear, you can feel guilt, and it can stay with you for hours, days. Now imagine that was a trauma that really happened to you and you're dealing with it nearly every night. What's your morning like when you're sitting up from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. and then you got to go to work? So to be able to be involved in these people's lives in this way, be able to help them in such a direct way, I feel privileged every morning getting up and going to work. Thank you very much for this, Grady. And thank you for doing this with us and appreciate all the hard work you do with the team. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Digital Therapeutics Edition of Digital Health Today, a production of mission-based media. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player so you're automatically notified each time I speak with one of these amazing leaders and trailblazers who are forging the path for digital therapeutics. If you'd like to learn more about Your Coach Health or Health Excel, you can find the links to this and more in the show notes for this episode. I'm Eugene Borohovich, and catch you next time.